podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gents, the wait is over, and I'm not talking about the fact that it's week one of the NFL. Yeah, that's kind of important too, but much more importantly, my new co-host on FFS in association with our friends at DraftKings is here, is present, is correct. And the fantastic thing about it, gang, he is an all-pro member of the NC Show crew, Ben Isaacs. Betty, welcome to FFS. Thank you very much. I am, I can confirm I am present. Correct. Well, the numbers will bear that out at the end of the season, I think. I'll... Uh, I'll defer on that one. Very much present. Very much happy to be here. Love this show. Love to have a, a permanent home sitting here with you, talking through daily fantasy, talking through the games, and having a whole lot Let's of Let's get this straight, straight off the bat. So as Benny said, of course, a, a regular home for him on the show. Obviously, a college days front man. And we'll be dropping college days uh, all through the year, of course. Don't worry about that. But with me and I and Mike on Mondays, me and Propo... On Fridays, we're going to be rotating special guests each and every Wednesday for the next week's preview, the weekend games preview. So that's going to be the likes of J-Bell and OC and Phoebe and all your favourites, Shane Vereen, shout out. They're going to be slotting in each and every week throughout the season on rotation. But we figured let's double down on the Wednesday show and have a real rounded preview show including FFS. So we're plugging FFS into our Wednesday show. Ben and I, each and every week, are going to pick our show fantasy team. Our show team that we are going to enter into the show league. I think you guys will know at home how little I know really about fantasy, how poor I am at fantasy. And Ben, I think it's fair to say, probably at at a similar kind of level there. So you've got a very good chance, gang, of of beating our show team each and every week. But we're going to do our best because we're going to try and win as much money as we can for charity. Shelter is the the official charity of the NC show. So we're going to be raising money, anything we win on DraftKings and it is a reach, uh, by entering our team into the the show league. Different contests in there and some of them you can win cash prizes. Uh, We're going to pay that back in. We're also, of course, going to be raising money for Shelter through... Uh, my repeated natisms throughout the course of the season. And that typically raises a lot more money than fantasy. So we're going to be giving it a stab. We want you to play along with us. And that's how it works, really. So we're feeling, I think, Benny, the FFS is very much a preview show for the weekend and us talking ball. And we're going to slot in our fantasy team as well, right? That's kind of how that's kind of how this is going to work. Yeah. yeah, and I'm hoping that I am going to learn a lot about daily fantasy strategies which allow me to have more enjoyment playing it. And I hope a lot of the listeners who are listening in who are not daily fantasy experts, maybe they're dipping their toe in the water for the first time with the free NC Show League, that they're going to learn with us. And by the end of the season, they might have had some success. They're, they're beating their friends. Maybe they've, they maybe they've won some money. Who knows? But you're going to learn because I'm going to have to learn because I cannot get humiliated yeah. on here every week. I just cannot deal yeah, with exactly. that. I cannot. We've got to get our game so going. If I don't We've got to get our game going. Now listen, problems. serious fantasy players out there, fear not, the guru, now the guru, of course, who, who tagged in with me last season, the sage-like guru, shout out to Matthew Berry for that one, copyright Matthew Berry. The guru, well, last seen, I think in the Appalachian Mountains in a trailer, I think that's where he's kind of holding up this uh, this autumn, Benny. 
um, just finding himself really getting zen-like with his with his fantasy. He is going to be dropping his smarts into the show each and every week. So, so fear not. And in fact, this week, week one, get set a bit later on for the Guru's team of the week. So he will be giving a lot of fantasy edge if you want to get strong at this. Plus, there's talk of the Guru making some guest appearances. Kind of like, I feel he's kind of like Obi-Wan and Yoda at the end of Return of the Jedi. That's kind of how I'm seeing the Guru on, on FFS this season. Nice. So expect nice. a lot from the Guru. I was I was thinking more like kind of a... I was going to say, I, I was thinking more like one of those one of those quarterbacks that you have to bring in because you've put the rookie mm. in, you want to see what he can do, and then, okay, the, the rookie's going bad, so get, get the Hall of Famer in. We're saying the guru is Jeff Garcia in this setup. <laughs> right? he's, he's been going for 27 years. So the wow. guru is going to be dropping in. And we uh, are going to also be, be weaving into our Wednesday show. So like I said, Wednesday is very much a preview show. Looking ahead, looking at the big stories around the NFL with friends, looking ahead to, uh, to, the, to Sunday's action. We're going to be adding a picks competition. So this week, Benny, you have, because we're just straight FFSing it this week, you have the honour, the dubious honour, of representing team guests in, in the picks contest. So this is going to be every game on the slate. We're going to run through, pick them. I'm going to pick them. I'm going head-to-head to head against team guest, And also, of course, head-to-head head against Propo. So Propo is going to be making his picks as well. On Edge Rush, we'll get those from Propo. And then, of course, we'll be stacking this up, tallying it up as the season goes on and seeing who is the pick king of the NC show. So my goodness me, there is, there is a ton to be getting into, Benny. And you look frankly excited motivated and ready to roll a hundred percent like this is this is one of my favorite points of the year just that that level of anticipation everyone everyone's unbeaten but it does make the picks a little bit trickier because we don't have we don't have those data points we're going on what we've seen of that team in the previous season who they've brought in who they've drafted who they've got rid of who's got an arrow pointing up who's got an arrow pointing down and yeah, Dropping I'm this show on Wednesday, it. of course, first game of the season, Lions-Chiefs kicks off the 23 NFL shenanigans. Looks like Travis Kelsey's going to be out of that game. Breaking news overnight, the Kelsey's hyperextended his knee. That's never a good thing, Benny. Never, never a good thing. Kelsey out. It's interesting. I want to check in with Propo because Propo mm-hmm. left me a voice note last night already, of course, the degenerate that he is, already thinking about getting some action in on on the first game of the season. He was going to be heavily in on the Chiefs. I wonder if that changes things now. Kelsey out. And I talked about this with Iron Mike on Monday's show. Iron Mike all through the season two, of course, each and every Monday. That's in the vault. Go listen to it. We're looking ahead to a lot of the big storylines around the key contenders this season. Big issue, a recurring issue, I think, with a lot of the the key protagonists, the key front runners in the NFL like a depth in receiving core, right? It's definitely a question mark around the Chiefs. Untested anyway in many in, in, in many instances. You take Kelsey out of the mix. How big a problem is this for them against the Lions, do you think? It's, it's a major blow um, because that's Patrick Mahomes' number one target. He knows that if things get out of hand, if he's got a scramble, if new guys are covered, Travis Kelsey more than likely is going to get himself open, even if it's just, you know, get a seven-yard quick completion, get that first down. It's going, to be, it's going to be tricky, and it certainly brings the Lions back into this game a bit. However, this is still the Chiefs, and it's still Patrick Mahomes against Jared Goff at Arrowhead Stadium on prime time. And I think the Lions will be pretty good this year. 
But I think the Chiefs are still possibly the best team in the NFL. And even without Travis Kelsey, my feeling is they've got enough to beat the Lions. Um, I think I think there's going to be points. I think this is going to be a high-scoring one. And I think when it gets into a when it gets into a shootout, you tend not. You to know beat what? There was uh, a lot of questions that came in for the Monday show for for me and Mike, and we didn't get into. Obviously, we didn't get into them because we'd be rabbiting on about other stuff, and we are going to be aiming to weave a lot of mailbag in, particularly to, to Monday show. But of course, throughout the course of the week, and as you're talking about Jared Goff, I want to just deep dive back to that mailbag for, for a moment. Shout out Michael Donnelly because. I love this question and I love, will almost certainly love your take on it, Benny. Michael asked us which player or coach or play, by the way, it gets abstract already with the week one questions, which player, coach or play will become the first meme worthy occurrence in the week one games? Great question. But the reason I, it sprung to mind, he says, my guess is a scenario involving Jared Goff either having a career game in a shot win against Kansas City or having a woefully embarrassing game in a blowout loss. So it's spot on. I could just see Goff, five TD game, this and everyone overreacting to, are there, is the Chiefs dynasty over? And you know everyone piling it on the lines or Goff implosion, Delom style, Four picks before halftime. Oh, yeah, I absolutely love it. He's absolutely nailed that one. It does feel boom or bust. I don't I don't see us coming out of that coming out of this game. Chiefs win, and we're like, oh, Jared Goff had a good game, you know, 380 yards, four touchdowns, but just couldn't keep up with Patrick Mahomes. I don't see that happening. I see it, it's gonna be like five hundred yards, six touchdowns, this unreal performance, and everyone wants to put Jared Goff in Canton, or they want to put him on the bench. Um, Jared Goff in Canton. I, I, I really feel a little bit on Jared, Jared Goff because I in Canton. I think <laughs> Jared Goff Hall of Fame. What does Goff need to do? He's already played in one Super Bowl, number one overall pick. What does he need to do to get to Canton? He's got to get a ring for starters, right? If he get, he's got to be. Um, he's got to get. He's got to become a really good player. <laughs> hot take from I think that should be his hot takes first goal. Best game. <laughs> um, because at the moment, at the moment, he's an okay player. Um, he's, he's, he's painfully average. And the thing is you can win with painfully average, providing you've got all the weapons around them. And the lions are trying to do that. And I know a lot of lions fans are horrified at me because they've really taken to Jared Goff and I don't blame them. The guy is, the guy is a gamer. He works hard. He came to Detroit and just kind of rolled up his sleeves and got on with it. He could have been pouting about the way that he was kind of chucked out of the Rams because they felt he was not the quarterback who could win them a Super Bowl. And, you know, obviously he kind of wasn't. He's not got the talent of Matt Stafford, who the Lions fans really took to their heart and had enough love and respect for him to send him off kind of with good cheer and say, okay, well, look, good luck. We need to rebuild, go win a Super Bowl. And I love the fact that Lions fans generally are not bitter to Matt Stafford. Jared Goff has been a great fit for Detroit, but he really is a stopgap. Is he though? I mean, I, I don't know. I've got to give him credit. He's, he's the, a really nice the best season gap. of his career. When you when you put everything together, the absence of McVeigh, which this was always the book on Goff, right? He's a, a robot that is being controlled by McVeigh, and the control that McVeigh had in terms of just directing him, of course, is is, is well documented. I think to some degree, slightly patronized. Goff and, and understated his talent but you're right when he went to Detroit we figured it one and done and it's going to be a horrendous season nobody really saw the Jared Goff that we witnessed last season nobody really saw that coming so fair play to him and there is a huge amount of buzz about the Lions of course this season for for the first time 
really in a long time in terms of them being credible contenders mm. because well they're in the NFC for starters wide open they're in the north wide open all changing green bay your bears are very much a a work in progress not that many people really are buying the vikings they seem to be a team that everybody is down on right now they were um they were very much uh punching above their weight in terms of their record last season versus the actual talent and ability and output on the field. They got lucky, people say, with all those narrow wins. So it feels like they are the preseason favourites for the North. Feels like it is set up for the Lions. Is that exactly where they don't want to be? Do they want to be the scrappy underdogs that no one saw coming? And the, and the favourite status is going to be an issue. I... <sighs> I th- well, I mean, they it certainly played to their advantage that they were completely written off last season. That oh look, they've got Jared Goff, a cast off quarterback, and what what really is he going to be doing anymore? Um, they've got a head coach. He seems like an absolute crazy nut job. He seems he seems like he's got no idea what he's doing. He's just like a meathead, Everyone and he was just saying shouts. This, right? After the Lions person, look like they are going to be an absolute disaster. That was that was a, that was a narrative. Yeah, and. They were easily one of the most improved teams in the NFL last year. They were well coached. They were well quarterbacked. And you've got to give you you've got to give them a lot of a lot of credit for that. Now, will it be different with pressure on them? I don't think it, I don't think I don't think it will. I don't think they were successful last year simply because people were writing them off. Because I don't think any opposition teams or coaches were writing them off. Fans might have been, but nobody was going into those games thinking, "Oh, it's the Lions. The Lions have been historically bad. We can win." I think they're going to really revel in the expectation and pressure that they've got this year. I think they're going to thrive. I think it's between them and the Vikings for that division. Um, I'm tempted to say the Vikings because they've got Justin Jefferson. He's the best player in the division and he's such a difference maker. But if the Lions are not constantly in contention all season for the NFC North, that will be that will be a failure. I think if I was a Lions fan, I would have definite playoff expectations my goal would be let's win a playoff game this year let's do that but I'd also be thinking who's the next quarterback can there be a quarterback we pick up in the next draft perhaps in the second round someone who can develop a season or two behind Goff who can take over because Goff is not the quarterback of the future but this is a team that is built to win not just now but in the medium in the medium term as well so Lions fans Please be excited, even if even if you lose against the Chiefs, even if Goff has a stinker against the Chiefs. That's the hardest game of the season already done. On the road at Harrowhead, done. In a winnable division, in a conference that is not stacked with teams that look like they can go to the Super Bowl. Anything's possible for the wow, Detroit Wow, I love that. I love the optimism. I love the fighting talk. I reckon Dan Campbell's going to clip that up and drop that in. Uh, into the locker room at the Harrow before the game tomorrow. Uh, we, of course, will not include that in our picks contest because it's a Thursday game. So we're only going to be picking the, the Sunday uh, and the Monday games, the Sunday games and the Monday game for our picks contest. Uh, and let's get straight down to it. It'll help us rattle through the slate, get you guys up to speed a little bit. And of course, he talked about with uh, our listener league and entering a team into that each and every week, Benny. And we'll get to that in a bit and talk about how daily fantasy works and explain it to the uninitiated. It's a lot of fun. And we've also got a very big announcement around one of our partners with the listener league as well. So stay tuned for that. But in terms of the picks contest, same thing. It's all about avoiding humiliation. I definitely have one goal and one goal in mind, which is to beat Ollie. I don't care if team guest who you're representing today 
takes me by 20 games or more. Don't care. Really. Obviously, I care. But I don't really care if I beat Oli. So this is straight up picks. We're not looking at the lines, anything like that. It's just, uh, as Vegas says, the money line picks. Head-to-head picks. Let's get down to it. Let's start with everybody's sleeper team for the Super Bowl, the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Panthers at the Falcons. Now, we joke, but the Falcons, both of us, are big on this year. They are, I mean, Pittsburgh are my sleeper team, but I'd say the Falcons are second. I think they were your surprise team, weren't they, to, to make the playoffs? That's correct, yeah. That's so correct, yeah. Be, I mean, this is as straightforward as it gets. Yeah, I I worry that that hype train, that bandwagon, that I may have helped start it as well. And I'm worried that the hype train's going to keep going and then I can see that there's a brick wall coming up and I have to jump out and never talk about the Falcons again. But I love the offense they're putting together. I think that Desmond Ritter can be a good NFL quarterback. Is he going to be one of the elite five or ten? Probably not. Is he good enough to be able to win games with lots of weapons around him? I certainly think he can be. This is going to be the season that he has to prove himself. Because if it goes badly for the Falcons, they're going to draft a quarterback next year. That's, that seems obvious. He doesn't really have excuses. He's got those people around him. They've given him tools. They, he's put in that position that all new quarterbacks want to be in. They are being supported. They've got people there. And starting against the Panthers feels perfect. Panthers are obviously in flux. They're going to have a rookie quarterback who I think is going to be really good. But I'm not convinced that they're going to be really good this season. I think they don't have, you know, he's got to, he's got to play without DJ Moore. It's going to be tough for the Panthers. I've seen lots of people pick the Panthers for that division, which I don't think is wise personally. But the way that division is, some teams got to win it. And it doesn't look like there's a team that is head and shoulders above the rest. One of those teams is going to win the division and, you know, maybe win a playoff game. I don't know. I think the Panthers are going to be okay. But I don't see them beating the Falcons in week one. I think this is set up for the Falcons to have a nice confidence-building win that will help Ritter, help set him up. I love it. I'm with with you as well. Falcons, I do like Bryce Young. I'm with you on that too. I think out of all the rookies, he's going to be the most NFL-ready and acclimatized and will hit the ground running as much as any rookie quarterback can. But I'm picking the Falcons there. Next up, a team that is vying with Arizona we think for the number one overall pick, although again, a bit of buzz about them maybe being better than advertised, stronger than advertised. The Houston Texans uh, with their own rookie quarterback, of course, front and center heading to the Ravens. A lot of, a lot of hype about the Ravens OBJ in town. Uh, these days, they finally feel like they've given Lamar. Well, they've given him his new deal, but they finally feel like they've given him enough weapons around him, a new offensive game plan. Can the Ravens lay down a marker week one? God, it'll be a huge, huge shock if if they don't. Do you see him winning? Do you see him winning comfortably? Baltimore or Houston? Yeah, I see this is a comfortable Ravens win, and I'm not sure what we'll be able to read into it. Um, I can imagine a lot of overreaction that if the Ravens absolutely stomp the Texans, it's like, oh, look at this instant Super Bowl contender. And I don't know how much really we can, we can tell from this. Um, the Texans... I think it's going to be tough for them again this season. I mean, they really, their biggest mistake last year was winning that last game of the season. That really cost them, you know, otherwise they'd have had the number one overall pick. They'd have had a lot more draft capital. That was, that was a disaster. But the new era starts now. 
But the, fortunately, the new era starts in a horrific way on the road to Baltimore. That is not how you want to how you want to kick it off this year. I think this is a comfortable Ravens win, but not going to tell us anything instructive about okay, the way the season is straightforward. Picks on paper, week one always has a way of slapping you in the face. Slightly tougher one, I think, here, particularly with uh, questions around Joe Burrow's fitness. Although the Bengals, at the time of recording, are expecting Joe Cool to play. Bengals on the road against Cleveland, who are a fascinating proposition this year, of course, because Deshaun Watson, whatever we feel about him off the field, hell of a player much more miles on the clock in terms of acclimatization with the the Browns offense. He's clearly got key pieces around him. That defense can mix things up as well. And there are issues on the offensive line. If Burrow does start as usual with the Bengals upset for the Browns, do you think there's a, there's a very distinct possibility. You go in Cleveland, you go in Cincy. This one does have upset written all over it. I think, um, but I think Burrow will play, and like most people, I'm absolutely in love with the things that Joe Burrow can do. And it's in Cleveland, it's going to be a hostile crowd, but nothing seems to phase Joe Burrow. I think the Browns are a really interesting team. They are one of the teams who, when I, when I look at them this year, I just do not know what to expect. I don't know what Deshaun Watson will get. I think it's going to be productive. Deshaun Watson but if it if it isn't and it's continued dysfunction I'm not going to be surprised I love the idea of the the Bengals Browns being a really strong rivalry with both teams being in playoff contention I think that's a really underrated rivalry outside that division that people don't pay enough attention to I think the Bengals are going to sneak this one I think they've just got a bit too much magic with Joe Burrow and it's it really sets down a marker for them because they've obviously got Super Bowl aspirations and just already being a game ahead of the Browns in that division will be massive because that division is going to be quite brutal. You'd think Bengals, Ravens are going to be the the top two teams, but I don't know. I don't know. The NFC North looks wild. Like, Like you said about, you know, the Steelers, who knows? The Browns, they could be really good. The Bengals, if if Burrow isn't isn't healthy through the course of the season, that's an issue. But yeah, I'm going I'm going Bengals in a okay. really tight. I, I you know I'm I'm fascinated too by the Browns and he's got a lot of pieces around him, right? I mean, you know how much I've always loved Amari Cooper and Joku, one of the bet what top five tight ends in the game right now. Chubb in the ground game. Let's talk about this D. I think this D could wreak havoc on the Bengals, but I'm still going to back Burrow, assuming the pick is, we don't get asterisks, do we? We can't say, we can't have a take back if Burrow doesn't start, but he's got to go. This is the, this mm. is how bold we are. See, Propo gets to pick on Friday. You know, we need to work this out, Benny. We need to get Propo to submit his picks on Wednesday because he does an obvious advantage by, by doing it live on Ed Josh on Friday. So I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to Propo today and, and insist he, he gives his picks. All right. We are three down, 27 games to go. So let's make up the pace a bit. All right. Jags, Colts. <laughs> Obviously, the, the Jacks. We're fascinated by the Colts, though. They're going to probably be terrible. But, of course, they have this brand new quarterback that everybody is saying is going to be highlight reel material, must-watch material. It's going to be raw. He's going to be off the pace at times like many rookies are. But he's going to be dynamite at times, too, isn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, you you talk about kind of who could be meme worthy in week one. Anthony Richardson. There could there could be some some gifts of him just spinning round and then sprinting past players who look like they should be faster than him. Or there could be some awful throws and some terrible decision making. He's really raw, super talented, really raw. He's going to be fun to watch because things are going to happen. They might be good. They might be bad. Things are going to happen. The Jags look like a much more polished team. Again, very much arrow pointing up. They've built the right way. They've done everything as you might imagine, despite despite the fact that they drafted a running back really early when they drafted Trevor Lawrence and they hired Urban Meyer. You take those things out. They've done everything the right way. This looks like a Jags win, but the Colts are obviously one of those super intriguing teams. Boom or bust, I, I think. Urban Meyer yesterday, I was in a meeting uh, with one of our sponsors who we are going to be announcing incidentally on Edge Rush on Friday. Breaking news. Brand new sponsor for Ed, Edge Rush. That is going to be announced on Friday's show. Very excited about that. And anyway, I was in a meeting with the guys there. And Urban Meyer came up. And it reminded me of the story that broke after he'd gone. And one of the coaching staff, uh, you know, unnamed source, but one of the coaching coaching staff said in one of the early meetings with Urban Meyer, he knew they were going to be in deep shit because they were talking about players and Urban Meyer didn't, didn't know who they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a sign that your head coach probably isn't going to work in the NFL, it's when you're in a team meeting and players are being discussed and your head coach, not that he doesn't have the book on that play, he doesn't know who they are. Uh, let me just Google that one. What position do they play? Yeah, that's a bad sign. I mean, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer was back on form on Saturday um, covering college football for Fox and there was a shot where you could see him near the desk and he just seemed to be gaming on a young woman, chatting away. It might have been completely innocent, but unfortunately there's just there's too much tape out there on Urban Meyer that suggests that when he does have a conversation with a young woman, that it's not necessarily as professional allegedly, as we would ben, like allegedly, to think. Allegedly, I'll always definitely take that out. All right, next up. And we've really got to pick up the pace, Ben. <laughs> not, sorry, I'm the one that went on the Urban Meyer tangent. All right, so I'm, I'm assuming you're picking Jags, yeah? Yeah, okay. Jags over Colts. Yeah, yeah, Jags. All right, the Bucks. They're probably in the conversation, I guess, for worst team in the NFL. They're in the conversation anyway. They 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 have to be. They're going to go with Baker to start. So anything's possible. And the Vikings, as I referenced earlier, are one of those teams right now that everybody's down on, right? They were a playoff team last year, but why were they really? Or, the, or they were the making up the numbers kind of team where no one really bought into them. It's the Kirk Cousins issue that we've talked about forever, perennially, every season on this show. Let's not get into that now. But it's this Vikings setup that is nobody's really buying. But surely they're going to get off to a winning start against a Bucks team that has lost its way, is, is directionless, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the Vikes won nine games by one score or less last season. And they went nine and zero. That doesn't happen. That's that's an aberration. And teams that tend to win a lot of close games, one season, they tend to revert back to about five hundred in close games the following year. They were not blowing teams away. In fact, they allowed more points than they scored. Which, when you win thirteen games, is pretty tricky. The Vikings were a good team last year. They were not an elite team. I think that's going to be the same this time. Justin Jefferson may be my favorite player in the NFL. The Bucks have got no chance against the Vikings. 
to actually win. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's once again a one-score game. But they should have you too should much think quality. Think about this Bucks side because inevitably everybody keys in offensively and points to Baker and points to you know the the quarterback issues they're obviously going to have because it's a quarterback controversy in camp between Baker and Kyle Trask, right? And yes, they have Evans and Godwin, but question marks really I think in terms of depth there. Although Trey Palmer's in the mix there, Russell Gage is on IR at the moment. But you look at the Dean, you look at the names, albeit. Are they vets that have seen better days? Are they vets that have won a Super Bowl, cashed in? And But they've still got Devin White, David, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, Winfield. I mean, th- this is a serious defense. I, You know what? I'm going to, because you got to be in it to win it. I'm going to go for the upset here. I'm going to take Baker. There's Michael. There's your answer. A Baker. Every time I back Baker, it goes horribly wrong on, <laughs> on edge rush. But I'm going Baker and Tampa Bay for the shot win. There we go. All right. The Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you wow. Like, how'd you like them apples? Nice. That's $5 in the... $5. Five pounds in the charity box for how'd you like them apples. Right. <laughs> next up, we have... Uh, we have... Oh, intriguing team. The Titans. Two intriguing teams, really. The Titans at the Saints in very winnable divisions. Tennessee on the mm-hmm. road at the Superdome. Tannehill takes on Carr. Which way are you going? Oh, my God. I was dreading you mentioning this one i this is this is the one that is giving me the most trouble when i think about um i don't like the fact that kamara's not playing i i like Carr, and i think he's going to make the saints better they were both so disappointing last year i'm gonna go with the titans i think they've just got enough offensive continuity to grind out a win with derrick henry um you know it's a it's a nice surface rim in the dome I think they're just going to do it, but this is a this is a, this is the toughest one for me to pick. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Could, could conceivably be in the playoffs again, despite the fact no one's necessarily hugely buzzing around them. But I'm going to go New Orleans home field advantage. I think Carr. Look, I, I've always been a fan of Tannehill. I think the, the Titans are going to be better than advertised. But I like the Saints in this spot week one. But it's as tight as they come. The 49ers at the Steelers. This one's tearing me to pieces because I love the Steelers. I won't get into that now. Go check the vault. They are my sleeper team of the season. I think they make the playoffs. I love what they have done. All this Kenny Pickett slander coming from Propo. Like I had some agenda against him. Disregard it, gang. I like the Steelers to make the postseason. But as I argue with Iron Mike on the show on Monday... It is very conceivable that whilst the AFC is stacked and is far more depth, the NFC with the Eagles and the 49ers specifically might have the top two teams roster-wise anyway in the NFL right now. So the 49ers look legit. We don't know what we're going to get with Brock Purdy. Post-injury sample size isn't really enough. Have defenses worked him out? This defense, if any, is the kind of one that would work him out. Oh, it's a tough one to call. I'm going to lean Pittsburgh. I'm nailing my colors to the Steelers' mask, and I think they start the season with a win. What about you? Um, I'm going to go 49ers. I think there's just there are, there's just too much quality there. Or the depth through the roster is insane in comparison with Pittsburgh. But I also like Pickett, and I think Pickett is going to be good. Good, not great. And good is usually good enough. Brock Purdy... Some people are already anointing him as like the savior of the franchise. A lot of these people were the same ones telling us how amazing Trey Lance was going to be, despite the fact that no one had really seen him play. No one had seen him play against the proper team. So I, I, 
the 49ers used to be the place where quarterbacks would grow up and become legends. Um, and now it's where they go and get physically destroyed and then mentally destroyed. I'm not sold on Brock Purdy, but I am sold on the 49ers. And I think that this is, this is, a, this is a tough one. This is a tough Tough place to go. Pittsburgh are going to be good, but the 49ers. Gang, are going anyone to pull this going one out. to a 49ers game, home or away this year, could you please take a banner, take a sign that says I'm not sold on Brock Purdy and and get a photo of it there and send it into the show at the NC show. Uh, please do that and try not to get yourself hurt. I'd probably do it at an, at, an, at an away game. Maybe go, maybe go to Pittsburgh this weekend and wave it around there. All right, Ben. Right, rapid fire for the rest of them. <laughs> Cardinals at Commanders. Yeah, this is this is Commanders. I think they're going to be interesting. Sam Howell is someone again who I think it can be good, not great. I'm with the you Cardinals as well. Washington for the win there. By the way, we've disagreed on three now, right? So there is already separation between me and Team Guest. Your mm-hmm. beloved Bears at Soldier Field against the Jordan Love era officially beginning. I'm taking the Packers on the road, not just to wind you up, because I think people are sleeping a bit on the Pack as well. And I think Jordan Love... Could be, could be one of the surprise packages of this season. I'm going Packers for the win. I think the Packers are being underrated. I, I like their defense. I like a lot of their weapons on offense. I don't particularly like Jordan Love. I think in terms of a quarterback wide receiver uh, tandem, the Bears have got them beat on that. It's going to be really close. And I think a little bit of Justin Fields magic is going to seal it for the Bears. But it's it's a toy, it's a coin toss, but... I'm going to go Bears and I'm probably going to regret it. Uh, AFC West matchup with the Raiders heading to Denver. Sean Payton in the house now. Is he going to revitalize and rebuild Russell Wilson, who, of course, had one of the most disappointing seasons in the history of the NFL, all things considered, last year? I think he does. I think he reboots Wilson and this offense, adds energy to uh, a Broncos side that should have been a lot more dangerous than they were last year and uh, achieved a lot more. I'm not saying I feel, given the West is so tough, that they are necessarily a playoff team, but I think they get the win here at home against the Vegas Raiders with Jimmy G, of course, in the house there. What about you? Yeah, I think the Broncos are going to be a tough out this season. I think... Um... I think we're going to see a bounce back from Russell Wilson. This seems like a soft start for them. I think the Raiders are going to be okay, but okay is not going to be enough in the AFC West. There's there's too many too, too many good teams there. So Broncos Shout over Raiders. Shout out to friend me. of the show, Greg Rosenthal. Uh, of course, you guys will know him from around the NFL. He's going to be coming up soon on the show as a guest. He's one of our Wednesday rotation and it sounds like he's messaging me earlier this week. I know that a lot of you love it when the Around the NFL boys come over and, and do a live show. And fingers crossed that's going to be happening again this year. Uh, Greg mentioned on Twitter, uh, sorry, on X yesterday, giving up football Twitter, giving hmm. up on the charges at the wrong time. The best offensive line they've had by far. The deepest group of weapons. Better offensive coordinator. Herbert's ready for an MVP run. Healthier defense. He's big on the charges this season. And I'm looking forward to Greg coming on the show to, to, to deep dive into that a little bit more. They start their season at home with the dangerous Miami Dolphins on the road. The Dolphins, of course, the fastest team in the West who, I mean, that was obviously not literally the West. You get my point. The Dolphins, the racetrack crew, the tour issues, 
all of these things swirling around. I think they start with a flash, with a bang. I think Tua lays down a marker. Longer term, fragility issue, sure. Greg, I love you. I respect you more than pretty much anyone in this business. But I think Miami with a shock road win. I've got to go Chargers. This is the game I'm most looking forward to on Sunday. I think this is going to be thrilling because I think both of these teams are ones who could go deep in the playoffs, um, but are in really tough divisions. They're only the second best teams probably in their divisions, but they're still Super Bowl contenders. I'm, I went back and forth on this because I love, I love what the Dolphins have got on the roster. And it just, for me, it came down to home field advantage that if I could not yeah, pick, fair. I was going to go with the, I was going to go with the Chargers. The week one slate. Eagles, Patriots, Philly, are they the best team in the NFC? Are they the best team in the NFL? A lot of people think they will go back to back in terms of Super Bowl appearances. The Patriots, everybody's uh, down on. They're always going to be better than many people suggest, I think. Uh, A lot more positive sentiment running around Foxborough going into this season, of course. They've locked in on Mac. Baby Zapp has been released. They've got an offensive coordinator that, you know, is an actual offensive coordinator. Do the Patriots start their account with a win, Ben Isaacs? No, they do not. The, the Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to crush the Patriots. The Eagles are just too good. I'm intrigued by what we're going to see from the Patriots. Belichick is still a genius, but I think he needs a better quarterback. Yeah, easy well. Eagles. Philly all the way that way, that on that one. Rams, Seahawks, Seattle. Like him. I like what they're doing. The Rams. Well, maybe. I was jumping the gun, calling the Bucks directionless. People are appropriating the same criticism towards LA. I think in both cases, they're probably going to, they're not going to tank, tank, tank in terms of 2-15 and 15 kind of record. But the Rams clearly gave up the house for the Super Bowl. They're paying a hefty price now. I like Seattle for the win. How about you? Yeah, I've got to go Seahawks. I mean, the Rams and the Bucks are both in a similar situation because they put all their eggs in their, in one basket to win a Super Bowl in a very short window. Mission accomplished on both of those, but you do have to pay the price. Seattle, they're built differently. I like what they're doing. I'm obviously, again, another quarterback I'm not sold on, but Geno Smith can get this done. Cowboys in New York is Sunday night football. Dallas I think they are going to be deep this year. I think um, it's their year, but I think they're going to definitely go deep. I think they're going to take uh, take the Giants in their opener. I like Dallas for the win, Benny. Yeah, I think the Giants overachieved last year, and I think Dallas underachieved. I think the Cowboys are a legit Super Bowl contender. I think the Giants are going to have problems for a lot of the season, frankly. And this is a to me, this will be a reasonably comfortable Cowboys win. Monday Night Football, maybe the game of the weekend. The Bills at the Jets, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers squaring off. We've talked so much in preseason about the Jets and Rodgers. We're going to see the first iteration in effect in a couple of days. So tough when it's week one. But do you feel that this is an opportunity for the Jets to say, okay, we're legit contenders in in the AFC East and for Rodgers to to put down a masterclass in primetime. So different, of course, to the Rodgers we saw in primetime this time last year. I think the Jets are going to be fantastic this year and I think they're going to be really good on Monday Night Football. I just don't think they're going to beat the Bills and I just don't think they'll win the AFC East because I, I think the Bills will win it. But I think the Jets are going to be one of the best teams in football. If they if they could swap divisions with the Giants and Jets, that would be, be a hell of a division as well. They'd be fine in the NFC. 
but it's the AFC is brutal. This is a brutal start. But I think I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be really good. I think the way that they've set themselves up, they've set themselves up for a few seasons of legit Super Bowl contention. But I don't see them beating the Bills in week one, even though it is at MetLife. I am against you on this one as well. And I'm now getting worried that there are five or six games that I am going against Team Guest. Because that, well, like I said earlier, it doesn't really matter if ultimately I I get trashed by Team Guest as the season goes on, gang, as long as I beat Propo. That's all I really care about. Uh, All right. Brilliant stuff, Benny. That is the week one NFL slate. Incidentally, uh, the Sky Games, the 49ers, Steelers. Uh, then we've got the Cowboys, Giants, and the Bills, Jets. There's going to be announcement, an announcement even, very, very soon. Uh, I am led to believe about, let's call it a, uh, the biggest commercial sports radio station in the UK and possible movement there in terms of coverage. So let's say by Friday, I should be able to tell you a little bit more on that. Uh, so that's all exciting. And yeah, I might be involved with that. So we will keep you posted on where you can get your NFL fix, uh, TV, radio, uh, and of course with regards to our Monday show with I and Mike. We're going to be going through all of those games. Well, actually, that's definitely stretching the truth a little bit. All the key points from those games every Monday throughout the course of the season. Right, Benny. It is showtime. FFS time. Right, let's frame this by first explaining very quickly how Daily Fantasy works. And incidentally, if you head to our social channels at the NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, threads. Uh, I'm going to keep calling it Twitter. I don't care. Elon can come after me. Uh, there are explainer videos that Seb and the crew have put out on our social channels that explain this too. And we're going to keep releasing those as well so you get the gist. But a couple of key things to remember. You might have thought about fantasy in the past, haven't played it or played it before and you lapsed or even are playing a draft league now and thinking, well, I can't get involved unless I've already sorted and got my team done. No, no, no. Daily Fantasy, each and every week, you pick a new team. That's the first thing. You can get involved every week. Secondly, we mentioned the DraftKings Listener League. If you go on to DraftKings, if you haven't set up uh, an account there already, use the promo code NCSHOW, NCSHOW, and it will take you to our contest. If you're already on there, then uh, follow the links in the show notes or on our social channels. That will take you to the Listener League contest with different contests every week. There will always be a free to enter contest. So it doesn't cost you anything to join, to sign up. doesn't cost you anything to enter the league. We're going to be dropping those each and every week. And here is the big reveal, Benny. One of our brand new sponsors this season. I want to shout out to one of the very best crews in the business that I'm delighted to be working with. The brilliant, the mercurial USA Sports teaming up with the NC Show this season. The Masters, the Governors, the top dogs in March in American sports merch in this country. And they have kindly agreed to give prizes away each and every week in relation to our listener league. So the free to enter contest in particular. So DraftKings, as Ben suggested, you can win cash prizes. In the free to enter league, you can make some dollar. But alongside that, every week we're going to be giving away gift vouchers, merch, all kinds of good stuff, courtesy of our friends, at USA Sports. So get involved with that. Details in the show notes. Hit the link. Join the team. Join well, join the league. Add your team. Play against your fellow listeners. Play against me and Ben. The Guru Sandrini. Uh, and we might even rope uh, Propo. He often enters his own team as well, actually, Benny. So you're going to be playing against some of your show faves every week. Uh, you go against us all. Other bit of business on that. 
and this is us getting down to our team now, Ben and I are going to pick a team every week. You have a salary cap, essentially, right? So you pick your team based on a salary cap, which means you can't just stack it with Debo and Tyreek and all the greats. You got you to gotta get a little bit cute. So the edge often comes from those lower-priced uh, bargains that have a breakout game because you're going head-to-head against everybody else for points. If you've all got the same players, you know, um, GCSE maths was kind of my limit, but I'm pretty sure you're not going to get very far. So you've got to balance it with the superstars going off and then some sneaky, sleepery picks down the line. So, Benny, we have put our first team of the season together. We established at the top of the show, you are a rookie to, to DFS. I am the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Have, <laughs> no, that would imply I've had some success. I am... Uh, well, maybe I'm not Arizona. Actually, I had some success last year. I did I did kind of pick up the pace a little bit. But let's just say it isn't my strongest suit. So we've got to help each other. We've got to deep dive. We've got to learn and use our football smarts and apply that to our daily fantasy team. I like our team this week. I feel, I feel confident about it, Betty. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm already looking forward to giving that money over to Shelter. Um, I've, I can't imagine that anyone's going to do any, anything better confidence. than us. Uh, it, like we really thought about, we thought about the team. About the so team. how, how can anyone beat us? Well, as just opposed to picking, I might, I might get chat GPT to start picking our teams as well. Like to pick a team we can enter and see whether they do better than chat GPT does better than us. Let's work. I'll speak to, I'll speak to Seb's big on his chat GPT. He's using that to power a lot of our social. So I will ask him about that. All right. Let's get down to it. Um, so, quarterback. We have gone. This is your choice. Just to be clear, gang. This is Ben's choice. You've gone. It's a smart, oh, it's a smart play. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh. Against Indy, as we've established earlier. Six and a half K for Trevor Lawrence. And you've you've stacked him. So that's a good thing to get into. Stacking is where you take a receiver quarterback tag team that you think if the quarterback's going to have a big game, then it's highly likely that his number one receiver is going to have a big game. And you've gone for Calvin Ridley. Both of them, six and a half K. Love that. Good start, solid stack. We talked earlier about why we think Jacks are going to go off. But then, and this is where I'm getting a little bit concerned, Benny. But who am I to question the great Ben Isaacs? You've stuck with the Jacksonville freight train. And you've gone for a sneaky left field pick as one of your running backs. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that um, I now can't remember who we picked. <laughs> so You went with Tank Bigsby. Um. Tank Bigsby, Tank Bigsby. Yeah, I'm. I I love Tank. I mean, the thing is, I looked at so many looked at so many players that I feel like I've picked every <laughs> single one of them because I've gone through them all. Tank Bigsby felt like he was a really yeah. good value play for this one it's because 5K. we've we've gone with some bigger names. Yeah, Tank Tank feels like that's a yeah. good budget option. Typically, what I do often and what I certainly did a lot of last year and what I already feel we did with our first co GM team is basically spend all your money and then think oh shit <laughs> you gotta so uh, but to be fair to be fair that's yeah just like, like our trip, trip to, to dublin. dublin it's not a bad idea it's not a bad strategy uh, i've gone on that note josh jacobs uh, as my running back he's 7.7k so he's markedly more expensive than tank um but did you pick tank purely on the back basis of his name <laughs> yeah i think you did i think you basically did um i i'm a fan of any player called tank um you know the the the, bear, the bears had a tank, and he ended up getting in trouble because he had about fifty thousand pounds worth of yes, weapons in his house. So tank by name, tank point. by nature. Uh, Josh Jacobs, you can't argue with the data. 
Now, Propo and I often joke about this on Edge Rush, how ridiculous retrospective data is if it goes back too far, right? So this team is 19-0 and 0 at home mm-hmm. against this team. You know, when we're going back to 1987, it's <laughs> utterly irrelevant. But I think this... These stats have have a bit of relevancy for this matchup. Jacobs seven and zero against the Broncos, or the the, the Raiders are seven and zero when Jacobs is played against the Broncos. Seven hundred and twenty one yards. That's over a hundred per game. Nine touchdowns. I think it's fair to say that Josh Jacobs likes playing against the Denver Broncos, and I don't think it's going to be any different this time around. I think Jacobs is going to fill his boots. Seven seven gets you, Josh Jacobs. Back to a kind of bargainy pick and and a couple really and. The price has surprised me both here. And I think I, I like what we've done with our other two receivers. So we've gone Rashad Bateman uh, for 5-3 and Drake London for 5-4. Bateman, you'll recall, of course, Baltimore hosting Houston. We think that's going to be a straightforward win. I think this new uh, Lamar offense is going to lay down some heavy hits against Houston. And I think Bateman is worth a flyer to be a recipient in the mix there, although he obviously does have a number of targets to spread around too. That's the same issue, I guess, with Drake London uh, and Atlanta, of course, and and Desmond Ritter outside of the the Ritter factor. We don't quite know what we're going to get. There are a lot of weapons he can look to, but London feels like a good fit uh, as uh, as one of his go-to guys against Carolina. Again, for the Valley, for five for uh, 5,400. He averaged almost 11 fantasy points a game, incidentally, last season, Drake London, in his rookie year. So I think we're kind of optimistic about that. And much like we've done with Jacksonville, and this is where our game plan could go horribly wrong, Benny. We've gone back to Atlanta again for our tight end, haven't mm-hmm. we? Carl Pitts at 4.5K. Yeah, and I, I, I think that what we've done is we've looked at we've looked at games where we think that's an offense that yeah. could have a great day, and we've we've stacked with that. So... The the thing is with with daily fantasy, there's no point just doing okay. Boom or bust. Our defense uh, yeah. gone with the Raiders at two three. Good value, I think, actually um, against Denver here. Um, two three. Although I think we both picked the Broncos to win that game, so maybe our uh, maybe our logic is slightly running out of juice. Finally, before we get to the gurus. Um, let's face it, frankly, far more credible team <laughs> selection. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I love this pick. Tyler is 6'7". He averaged uh, just over 15 fantasy points a game last season up against, uh, well, at home, of course, up against the LA Rams. And we like Seattle very much in this spot. Anyway, Tyler, big game play, big play player. He will. He's the kind of guy that can just go off. We've seen that. So many times, three touchdown game, 140 yards, lock it with a 69 yarder. I love it. Boom or bust. That is our guy. So there we go. That is the official NC show team, courtesy of me and Ben. I'm hitting submit now. That is entered into our league. We'll put it into both. Any money, as I say, that we win, we uh, we will give to donate to Shelter. Uh, I'll also be entering a couple of teams into the mix as well, just playing with my bank uh, in DraftKings and anything we make there goes all goes into the kitty. Like we said earlier, 97% of the money we donate to charity is from natisms, not from anything we make because we're sharp at this. However, there is a guy in our crew that is very sharp at this. You should pay a lot of attention to what you're about to hear. This guy is one of the best fantasy minds in the business. FFS listeners from last season will know him only too well. L- recorded from a trailer in the Appalachian Mountains, 
let's check in with the guru and his team of the week. Week one of the NFL season. This is the guru's team of the week on DraftKings. We're going to start with Kirk Cousins. He was the QB2 over the last five weeks of 2023. Jordan Addison is an upgrade on Adam Thielen. And with no Dalvin Cook in the backfield, they're going to give the ball to Kirk to run this offense. Cam Akers. RB4 over the last five weeks of 2023. He's a year removed from his Achilles injury. He is a three down back and with no Cooper Cup, he is this offense. Miles Sanders, they gave him 25 million in the off season. They see him as a three down player. They've got a rookie QB and an ascending O-line. Go get Miles. Jordan Addison, he's only 5,100. That's the cheapest you're gonna find him this season. He is pro ready coming out of Pittsburgh. He replaces Adam Thielen and we're gonna stack him with Kirk Cousins. Chris Alave, big playability. Carr throws a great deep ball. Let's assume he takes a step forward in year two in Tennessee last year, had a great run D, and therefore we think the Saints are going to throw. Mike Williams, this will be a high-scoring matchup by all accounts. Kellen Moore is in at OC for the Chargers. That means pace, that means plays. QJ and Palmer probably aren't going to threaten yet. Keenan Allen could have a big game, but I'm going to put my money on Big Mike with no Jalen Ramsey around. TJ Hawkinson, he just signed a mega deal with Minnesota. We're going to stack him with Cousins as well. He was the tight end two last season. Chris Godwin, he's going to play in the slot. He's a year removed from his ACL injury. He's our bring back versus Minnesota. We see this game having some points and he's cheap at 5,900 considering the man's pedigree. And finally on defense, the Panthers. They're up against Atlanta. Ridder hasn't looked great in the preseason. I think this game is a run and defense. Game plan for the Panthers with Bryson at QB, and they were a top 10 fantasy D in 2022. And that is the team of the week. I mean, you can't argue with that, Ben. I, um, frankly, I feel like I am an undergrad student that has just presented uh, a 20 minute lecture on David Mamet, and then the guru strolled in with 54 published books 75 years old is regularly cited by people like david simon and some of the brilliant creative minds of our generation as an inspiration because he taught me back at nyu <laughs> and has just laid down the the smack <laughs> game there on us on us rookie on us fantasy rookies ben yeah it's a bit like in a kind of in a classic mob film where you've got like the kind of a, a cocky young cocky young gangster who starts mouthing off without realizing like the don is nearby the don just has to give him this look and they're like oh i'm now so out of my depth how how do we, i get to that point are we jackie, I have so jackie much jr and his mate so, holding up the card game with the, <laughs> the are we gonna end up with a bullet in our head in uh in the jersey projects i think quite possibly well hopefully it won't go that far but in all seriousness get involved with it it's a lot of fun we want to see a lot of you playing uh, along with us in the nc show listener league this year take a particular pay particular attention to the guru have fun with a minor ben's team it's all a lot of fun and if you want to play more seriously well there's that option as well so get stuck in with that benny it has been an absolute pleasure kicking off FFS with you. I am thrilled that we are going to be rolling through the season together. Thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, potentially winning the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings next week. Once I've established how good I am at this, I'm going to enter the Millionaire one. We can always live in hope. Uh, ben Isaacs, look up yourself, bro. Check in next week. Podcast Network.